Hello, Monetization Nation. Is your business leveraging the power of consistently publishing content? Ben Roberts is a seasoned digital marketing expert who in this episode will teach us how to leverage consistent content publishing, such as through an email newsletter, hosting a podcast, or writing a book. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. I'm excited to be joined today by Ben Roberts. Ben is the director of Octopus, a company with a singular goal to do SEO the right way. He does this by looking at the marketing that his clients own and create, such as their websites and blogs, and then blend it with earned marketing, such as reviews, media mentions, and guest posts, which builds trust and credibility. He's speaking our language right there. Uh, but most importantly, it builds sales, uh, which is monetization, which is also speaking our language. Uh, prior to this, Ben spent nearly 10 years working in-house, heading up marketing teams at a SaaS startup a top 100 UK insurance broker, and a large specialist outdoor e-commerce company. Alongside working in-house doing marketing, Ben also spends a fair amount of time uh, building his personal brand, uh, which is ben-m-roberts.com. Uh, and there'll be a link to that in the blog at the end, uh, which includes his conference speaking, consultancy offerings, and media mentions. In 2018, he launched his book, marketing buzzword to marketing authority. All of those experiences he now wants to use to help other people build their businesses and careers. Thank you so much, Ben, for joining us today. Oh, no, thank you very much for inviting me. It's an absolute pleasure. So that, that sounds a lot longer than when, when, when you see it on paper and it's like, oh, it, it, does, it, do, it always does sound nice when you, when you hear it back. <laughs> Could you start off by telling us something that you are super passionate about? Oh, I think I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot and there are, I'm, I'm tossing up between two different things. So one, my love of writing. So I've actually just finished an epic fantasy novel, which is like 220,000 words. And I love sort of writing that. So that's one passion. The other one is I'm a big field hockey player. So I played for Wales, where I'm from. and I'm chairman of a club in the UK. Um, so field hockey is my big like outdoor get out the house passion, but and writing uh, like fantasy writing is something that it was my indoor passion. I think we'll say because uh, yeah, two two diff very different things, but one they both uh, stimulate me in different ways. I love it. Uh, those sound like two very very rewarding uh, pastimes. Uh, can you go ahead and tell us your entrepreneurial journey story? Yeah, sure. Obviously, it's, we're try, always trying to, it's always difficult to start where to begin with these, one of these stories. So it goes back to I never wanted to go to university or college, you call it in America. Uh, I wanted just to go into work. Uh, but I started actually, no, I'm good. so I started going to these BNI breakfast meetings. I know they're sort of all over the world. So I started going to these to meet other people. Eventually, I did go to university because I met someone at a networking event who we got on really well with, and he employed me whilst also helping me go to university. And over the years, then I started building up a load of experience, doing my degree part-time and actually building up, um, learning how business actually worked instead of just doing it in a classroom. And so then I started um, 
sort of learning about social media, SEO, and that side of digital marketing is really taking off. So I actually came across I actually came across Social Media Examiner, and in 2016, I went to Social Media Marketing World, and I met loads of different people, and it really blew my mind because how the scale of everything and the amount of people there, Um, and people just started talking about podcasts, and I was like, let's give that a go. So when I came home, I came up with an idea, and it was about actually I was like, when I was at this conference part of the thing I learned was there are so many buzzwords in marketing. There's so much that people talk about. I was like, I don't even understand half of these. So I start launched a podcast and I used a lot of people I'd met at the conference to help launch that. So um, I, I, I did all that while still working full time. So I started this podcast, did nearly a hundred episodes of it. And then off the back of that, I was able to create the book, which obviously mentioned in the intro marketing buzzword to marketing authority that created up that was built off the back of the podcast and while i was building the podcast and the book i built up an email list and i built up a really good social following on linkedin so then i was then able over the years is adding to that bit by bit and then actually in january last year so just over a year ago thinking it was a brilliant time to start a new business and then three weeks later everything's in lockdown because of coronavirus um start launch my business then but i was able to do it because i was able to have this audience and uh following that i built over years of doing these podcasts and and i was able to then sort of monetize that and actually grow the business based on something that i've been creating years in the making and that's right. sort of the story to now that's awesome so let me let me just uh recap that really quick so uh, here at Monetization Nation, one of the key principles we talk about is platform strategy. It's building a skyscraper on land you own. And we've told a lot of people, story, we've told a lot of stories of people that haven't done it right. But this is an example of someone that did it right. Before he actually started his business, he spent years building his platform, constructing his platform form on land he owned. He built his own podcast that he owned. He built his own email list that he owned. He built his own brand that he owned. And then even when the world fell apart in COVID, uh, he was able to launch a business successfully because he, he had a skyscraper built on land he owned. Yeah. And that, that, and, 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 Part I'd love to say it was all part of some absolute grand strategy. And as you said in the intro, I made a huge number of mistakes on the way. I wish I'd I'd started building that email list from day one because then uh, I would have it be even bigger and better now. But all these things that people said, I actually did take a lot of it to heart, and that has enabled me to sort of set this new business. And I've literally just had the rebrand of it, and it yeah because I built that list and it's stuff that I didn't have to worry about. It was what I controlled, I was able to leverage that in the best way. And as long as you're adding value and delivering good content, people want to follow you and they want to know what you're up to and listen to what you have to say. Nice. Yeah, that is a very effective strategy and and honestly, one of the tectonic shifts that is happening today. Uh, I guess I'd like to comment really quick before I ask the next question about Wales. So my family is is from Wales and, and Scotland, and and my last name is Gwilliam, which is a, a Welsh name. So yeah, one of the I, best countries in the world. But yeah, trying to tell people I'm not English is probably one of the things I spend most of my time doing. No, Wales is a separate country. It's not England. It again, it's like Scotland. It's like a separate thing. <laughs> can you tell us the best home run? that you've hit in your career? 
Ooh. Although in Wales, they don't have as much baseball. So you might not know the analogy of home run as no, much. No, I, 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 I get it. it just, yeah, it's one you definitely don't hear very often. But I think the biggest home run I've probably hit was deciding to publish a book off the back of the podcast. Because the podcast built an audience. The book was then able to leverage that audience and started the monetization journey. But more importantly than that, it launched my ability, uh, it launched, opened doors and opportunities to be able to start speaking on international stages across different countries. So that was probably the biggest home run, I think, there is because that was the sort of then, the podcast was the big base that it built, but the book allowed, opened up so many doors and it suddenly allowed that, it was that pinnacle where, Whereas actually this is where the business is actually going to come from as opposed to just me putting out content. Love it. What's the biggest mistake that you've made or failure that you've had along the way? And what did you learn? from? The the biggest failure. Oh, this is, this is always, always tough one. So there's loads of little, there's loads of little mistakes are made along the way. So again, I didn't build, start building the email list early enough and consistency now it was really hard to stay consistent and the biggest error i made is i because i had loads of stuff going on and i became inconsistent and that was a big mistake because then it's it's actually really hard to get back on track once you lose your consistency and i met and i made a a, a, i made a company move as well that i i i in look back, I go, I probably didn't need to make that move. I probably could have gone straight into starting my own business instead of making that move. Although I learned a load of stuff there, it probably wasn't something that I would do again. Yeah. So let's talk about a couple of these things that you did right. And um, let's talk about the podcast first, since that was, that was the first really good step. Uh, can you tell us like your top two or three secrets for creating a successful podcast? Yeah, so I so, so started back in 2016, 17. And the biggest thing I did that worked really well was just leveraging and speaking to as many people as possible. And I think part of it is confidence based, but people are actually really willing and love it when you ask them to come on your podcast to share their story, their insights. So don't think that anyone's too big um, or too out of reach. But also when you reach out to them, is make sure that you, if you listen, because you want to go on a podcast or you want to reach out to someone to be on your podcast, share about what what they, stuff that they've already done. I found that that was a really good way of actually showing that you care and that you really want this person to come on as opposed to someone sending a generic email and they actually don't really know who I am or don't really care about what I do. So yep. using those and building those personal relations, it's really difficult in a COVID world. But again, when I went to com- conferences were an amazing source of me being able to build up a good rapport with people uh, and find out who that, whether that we had the right personality, what, and f- learn a lot more about them in a, in a relatively social setting. So that was something that um, I think did well. And I like the branding. So I paid someone to do some of the branding on the podcast and that worked really well because that was then consistent through to the book. So I think those are the two things, is consistency of branding, of voice, and also that human element of where you really show passion for who you want to get on your podcast and make those connections with people. Love it. Another thing you did really well 
is you, you built your email list. Uh, can you share your top two or three secrets of building an effective email list? Yeah. Um, for me, I think one of the big things was just constant being consistent and reminding people and giving people incentives. People, people f- quickly forget about things if you don't mention them. And people also sometimes need that extra little push. So if you just have a thing saying sign up, if you just say sign up to my email list, people will not do it because they've got other things. Make it easy for people and give people an incentive. So this is either I don't know, a discount off your product, exclusive access, part of a group. There has to be a hook somewhere as opposed to just join my email list. Because if people don't really know who you are, they're not going to do it if they're not good, don't feel like they're going to get a reward because there's no there's no evidence or there's no yeah there's no justification for them doing it that was say my number one and number two again which is what i've learned over time is starting to become consistent and being really helpful in there it's being making sure that there is value in every single email so when you send something and it's just asking that fundamental question would i want to receive this it's if I wouldn't want to receive it, why am I sending it to someone? Definitely. I I have never heard anybody ask that question before about their email marketing, but that is, that's profound. That's very wise. We're just one of those things I learned because I know I get, everyone gets so many emails. I look at it and going, what, what was the point in this? Why I, as as someone, I I wouldn't want to receive that. I, I, I don't want to read this. And it's just, trying to put yourself in the customer shoes. We want to, we want to be customer centric. We want to be building a rapport with the people that have joined our, my email. I want to be able to build a rapport with them. So it's like, well, hang on. I want to be able to say something that really connects. I want to be it, them to open their emails and go, look, this is going to include something that I want to receive. I want to know about as opposed to going, Oh, I don't, I don't know if it's a bit wishy-washy. Just ask that yourself that question. Am I happy with it? Is this something that I would want to receive? Does it provide enough value? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Is it helpful for people? Because sometimes I, I've done it before where I've drafted emails and it's basically been like, and I, I read it back and it was basically just me saying what I've, what I've been working on. Now that's great for some things, but it's like, would I want to receive that? My Actually, I wouldn't want to receive an email just from someone else that says, well, I've won a new client this week. I've been speaking at this conference and I've done, and I've published a blog. Well, potentially my, my, my initial reaction was I wouldn't necessarily want to receive something like that because it actually doesn't add any value to me. Yes. It's nice to know, but it probably doesn't. So I looked at tweaking that and then making sure that the primary bit was adding value. And then, and, and then the secondary part, like the below the fold, that was where it went into what I did, but it was trying to always ask myself is what is the value? Would I want to receive it? Yeah. Love it. Uh, the next thing you did really well was write a book. And a lot of people are scared about writing a book. It's a major project. It ends up, I think the average author spends 18 months to two years writing their first book. Uh, it's not an easy undertaking. Uh, so why did you write a book? And then what are the Let's even ask benefits. What are the two or three biggest benefits you've received from writing that book? Yeah. Um, so I'll answer the first question first, where, um, obviously about why. And it was, I obviously a lot of what I do revolves around SEO and personal brand. And I looked at it going, the podcast is great. And it's it's here, it's now, and it's, it's, it's flowing. 
what I wanted is something that would be long lasting, that would really improve credibility, trust is something I could send to clients, something that I could then leverage for increased media outreach and really sort of literally have in black and white the things that I've learned from the podcast, my knowledge and experience. So that was the reason why the and what was sorry, I forgot what was the second question again? What were the benefits that you've benefits. received? So, from that yeah. So the first benefit was it op- again, opened up so many doors. So again, I got then got offers to speak at different conferences around the world, online, offline. I got connections with different people that I'd never even thought about um, connecting with I'd never heard of and people from different countries around the world who started messaging me. And so it opened up a load of different doors. And again, the email list grew na- nicely off the back of it. The second benefit is obviously book sales. Now, this obviously doesn't, it's not, it's not, was it's, although it's monetized and it's paid back the book and it's paid over, it's not go, that one book isn't going to sustain me. So, but what the benefit of it is, it's actually lever- it's allowed me to have the podcast, uh, the, the conference speaking and the email list with, and my business off the back of it, which means that I have other ways to monetize it. So even if that bit itself doesn't monetize, it has allowed me to have other strands that come off it. And that's the bit. Um, it's almost, well, again, the, the, it's almost like the, the crux of owned marketing. This is something that I own, something I control, something I'm really proud of. And then off the back of that, I then earn more marketing, which is the credibility and trust factor. Like I mentioned, you mentioned in the intro, owned is what we earn, what we, what we create ourselves, what we have full control of. Earned is what we get in return. So this is space on podcasts, conference speaking, media mentions, guest posts, that stuff builds your trust, credibility, and further extends the reach of your business brand or personal brand. So that's the bit of that the, the book has really done is helped expand everything beyond what I could have done if me just posting stuff on social media, giving people a couple of tips here and there. That's right. All right. Um, what do you think is the biggest tectonic shift that is changing the business landscape today? See, I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go a bit rogue here. And I think I'm not going to say something that you expect. And I'm going to go with voice marketing. Now, I think that is somewhat under the radar at the moment, but I think it's having a much bigger impact than people actually realize. And I think it's going to creep up on people really, really quickly. So the reason Mm -hmm. that is obviously people started talking about it when Alexa came out, started talking about when Google, uh, when Google Home came out and stuff, and now it's sort of died away. But we've seen this with other platforms where they blow up really quickly, like Bitcoin, for example. Everyone was talking about it a couple of years ago, and then it sort of really took a little drop off. And now look at it coming back by storm again, because it, it under the radar, it's sort of bubbling along, growing, growing, and suddenly something else will change. So these new like generations, smart speakers and algorithms, yeah. And then suddenly it'll blow up again. So that's what I think is going to be the big tectonic shift. Thank you so much, Ben, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, it's better to start building our email list as soon as possible. Number two, when we reach out to people the right way, no one is too far out of reach. 
Number three, to build an effective email list, we need to be consistent and provide value to our audience. We also need to give people a reason to join our list. Number four, one of the benefits of writing a book is that it is long lasting and will improve our credibility. Number five, voice search is one of the major shifts impacting businesses today. If you enjoyed this interview and want to learn more about Ben or connect with him, you can find him on LinkedIn or you can also visit his website at benmroberts.com or listen to his podcast at marketingbuzzword.com. And you can find links to those sites on the uh, blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. Do you want to be a better digital monetizer? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, you can subscribe to the free monetization e-magazine at monetizationnation.com. Number two, you can subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast or YouTube channel. And number three, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. How has consistent publishing helped grow your business? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in your consistent publishing efforts. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.